0: Amen. Psalm 138 starts off with the praise of 2017. It says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, with all my heart before the gods, the little g-gods. I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. That's 2017 in a nutshell right now. I declare praise in this place in 2017. Amen? Amen? Praise. Good words spoken. Good words sung. Good deeds done in the name of Jesus. Would you celebrate that with me today? Would you declare that with me today? Amen. Father, we just come to you and we just welcome 2017 as a year that you have made. That we're going to walk in it And we're going to proclaim the goodness and the kingdom of God come into this place. Into our hearts, into our homes, into our very presence. We declare your goodness because your word says we can do that. And that's what we do. We line up our life with your word and we declare it with our voice. We worship your name. We praise you in Jesus' name. So this morning as we begin 2017... I want to speak this morning about what it means to live today in regard of the future. Living today with regard to the future. Living with a godly purpose. Living our life with a godly purpose. Now, none of us have the ability to know what this year is going to bring. At last year at this time, I had no idea that my mom would be diagnosed with cancer in March and she would be gone in August. No idea. Things were perfectly normal, perfectly healthy as far as we knew. And within uh, three months, we found out that she had stage 4 colon cancer. We prayed. We, we, we fasted for her. We believed for her. And God took her home. And uh, she's in, at heaven, in heaven today um, celebrating. And I really would have it no other way. As much as I love my mom and I loved going down and having a cup of coffee with her and having her make me lunch... <laughs> I am happy that she is celebrating uh, with uh, her Lord and her Savior. And it's just a matter of time when she can make me lunch again. Yeah, so I'll be patient. I'm just a good boy. I'll be patient. (laughs) And so this being the first day of another year, we really don't have any idea what's going to happen in 2017, do we? We really don't have any clue what it holds for us. But I do know that we know who the holder of 2017 is. And I know that it's important that we recognize that we keep our eyes focused on Him. And we know that we, as we proceed through 2017, that it's important that we have a plan. So I want to talk about planning today a little bit, that, that we would know that we should have a clear focus and clear intentionality in living our life purposely for Christ. When I can do that, when I can look at every day as a day meaning that is going to be adding to my future, and I know that my future is secure in Christ because of how I'm living today, because of who I trust today, that gives me great peace. That gives me great assurance that what's happening today is going to be okay, even if it doesn't appear to be okay. (laughs) Even if there's problems in my life, I know who I trust, I know whom I believe, and I know who holds the future, and it doesn't make any difference then really what's happening in my life today. As long as I keep my focus on Christ, the the events of this day will lead me to a better place, a better way. And when I can keep that in that perspective, it allows me to have peace in that. And that's the way Christians should live. That's the, way we can, that's the way we can be lights in the dark world because we can come into this dark world and have problems and still be light bearers. We can still have joy in our life even though things are difficult. And joy can be difficult for us because we have to recognize that joy is not happiness. Joy is something deep inside of me that even though I may not be happy, I still have a sense of joy in my life that will carry me through the unhappiness of times. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that the moments of our life are fleeting. They're fair, they, they go by very quickly. The moments of our life are fleeting, but the makeup of eternity is a combination of all the moments of our life. So each moment's important, but yet it's not going to last very long. So we have to look at the moment as being important, but don't get down by it. And don't be distracted and don't be distraught because you might have a hard moment because those moments are fleeting and they're going to come and they're going to go. But as we take all these moments together and bring them all together into a summation, they're going to lead us to eternity. That's true for every man and woman on this earth. Whether their eternity is heaven or hell, that's exactly true, just so you know that. The summation of the moments are going to lead you to the place where you believe. If you believe in heaven, if you trust God, if you believe in His Son, if you've accepted Him, those summation of those moments are going to lead you to heaven. On the contrary, if you don't believe that way, the summation of those moments are going to lead you to hell, and it's going to be your choice. So this morning, it's important that we recognize that we need to focus on the the significance of the day, but we have to know that that comes at the end with a victory in store as we're faithful in the moments. So the challenge that I have for this morning is how we keep our perspective while living in the moment yet eternally focused. Living in the moment yet eternally focused and so that we don't miss opportunities that God has for us. How easy it is to miss opportunities. Amen? But yet when I can somehow keep myself focused in the moment with an eye fixed on Jesus, that these opportunities come up and all of a sudden I just start walking in those opportunities. Oh, there's blessing in that. There's blessing in that. The more we look at today's events in the scope of eternity, the more peace we'll have. Peace is a product of hope. Without hope, there's no peace. With hope, there comes peace. And hope comes from having a future that's secure. No future, no hope, no peace. So today, we want to lo- focus on what does it mean? How do we get this peace through the hope of knowing that the future is secure in the moments of our life? Having a future comes with having a plan of intentional living and intentionally being purposeful in the moments we live in and having our eyes fixed on heaven Having our eyes fixed on heaven is the key. I will tell you it is the key. Psalms 141, verse 8. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. The psalmist clearly had his eyes focused on heaven. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, it is our responsibility to set our minds. That's the intentional part that I'm talking about. If I just go through life without an intention, that I'll let my eyes drift to wherever the action is. And the action can be not necessarily so good. So my intentionality here is that when I see the action here, I can't be distracted by it because my eyes need to be focused on Christ. That helps me to bring peace in the midst of the trauma and the drama of life because I'm not being distracted by the things down here. and Knowing that those things down here are temporary, I keep my eyes focused on Christ. What I'm doing in the moments of my life are very important for my future well-being. What I'm doing in the moments of my life are very important for my future well-being. So where is my focus? Where is my focus then? If my moments are important, am I spending my moments distracted by the things down here that would strive to distract me? Recognize again, we have to recognize always that we are in a battle, that the enemy is constantly trying to distract us. So I cannot allow him to have the victory there in his distraction process. Rather, I need to keep my eyes focused intentionally on Christ, looking over the problems, looking over the things that would want to suck me down and to be the temporary earthly problems. I would get distracted. I would get discouraged. I would get downhearted. I would start speaking negatively. I would start getting hopeless. That's the enemy's plan. He has a plan too. And his plan is to, do, to bring distraction and bring, and bring discouragement and despair. So we get over that by looking above his plan, looking at the eyes of Jesus, keeping our eyes focused on heaven, and then not letting those things interact. We've said a couple things here that are very important. Number one, we must plan, we must intentionally live, and we must, we must live in the moment with a future in mind, keeping our eyes off of the moments and into the future, you've heard the saying, failure to plan means planning to fail. Planning failure to plan basically means meaning that you're planning to fail. And it's important that we recognize that, but it's also important that we have to know that we cannot plan in our own ability very well. We think we can, but there's so many things out of our control. So what I want to focus on today is that the planning process that we have to have is that we must be able to look at who the planner is. We must have the relationship with Jesus. If we have the relationship with the master planner, then we're just following his plan. Not trying to make up my own, but trying to follow his. And if I can get into that, if I can make that my intentionality to follow Jesus, then I'm developing the relationship with the one that can help me get through the issues of my life. Does that make sense? Do we know where that's coming from? That I can I can trust in Jesus to give me the power to live intentionally and to live in a purposeful life moment by moment. I don't have to let the moments be distracting. I can let the moments lead me to Christ. That's the plan. That's how we need to live. Recognize that God is a planner. God is all about making plans. God was intentional in everything he did in Scripture. God, did never, God never did anything that was wasted. Everything he says, everything he does, is intentional, and he has a purpose in it. He's planned your existence. He's planned your life. Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16. The psalmist says, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You don't think God plans? You don't think He's got a plan for your life? Absolutely He does. And there are many other examples in Scripture where God unfolds his plan for specific events. Go back to the the beginning, reading in Genesis 1, chapter 1, how he created the universe. It was a planned out structure. Go Go further down in Noah's ark, how he had a plan to save Noah and his family. And the plan was for Noah to build an ark. It took over 100 years. Anybody 100 years old here? God had a plan in delivering the Israelites from Egypt. He had a plan in that. It took them 40 years of wandering through the desert. Because of their missing the opportunity to get there directly. <laughs> they could have received, they could have gone into the promised land much quicker than they than they did, but because of their disobedience, God used time. God's instruction to Solomon in building the temple. Great detail in the plan. You can go back and read it if you want to. First Chronicles chapter 28 and read through God's planning process. A couple things here to think about when it comes to God's plan. Nothing happens. Nothing happens that is outside of his viewing and his planning process. We may not understand the plan, but it's according to God's plan. There's a lot to talk about there. And the other thing, God's plan always takes time to unfold. Always takes time. That's hard for us. We are a microwave society. We want everything right now. We're not comfortable if I don't get immediate satisfaction. Am I the only one? Let me assure you this morning that God is still in the planning business if we're in the listening business. Our job is not to plan. Our job is to listen for his plan. Our job is not to run ahead of him and try to make a plan that he can follow. Because I really don't think God's too concerned about not being able to make a plan. I don't think he's saying, Mike, what do you think we should do on this one? Now, he may give me free will, which he does, and I certainly can circumvent his plan, but I don't think he's waiting for me to give him a better plan. No, God has the planner. And we like it, actually. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. What a great scripture. I'll bet most of us have read that before, haven't we? Maybe even have it memorized. Maybe we've gone to that scripture many times in our life and we've declared that and we've called out that plan. God wants to give us that plan. He wants to give us a good future. He wants to give us pr- a prosperity in this life. He does. But do we know that there's more to that scripture than just what we just read? Go. Let's read the next couple of scriptures after that. Look at verses 12 and 13. Verses 12 and 13 of Jeremiah 29. It says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now wait a second. You mean I got something to do here? You mean there's something that I have to do to get God's plan? You mean God's just not going to unfold it in front of me and I can just walk in it? You mean I have a responsibility in calling out to God? Yeah, darn right we do. You have a responsibility and I have a responsibility to call on the Lord. I, I have to go to Him and I have to say, Father, I need Your plan. I need Your wisdom. I need Your authority in my life. I am not able to do it on my own and I need You. And when I do that, Verse 14 says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will be found by you. And I will lead you out of whatever it is you're in. Whatever the bondage is in your life, if you call out on me, I will give you the plan. And this this isn't putting works ahead of God's grace. But this is called God's grace coming to fruition in our life that we can then call on him so how do we plan as a godly person? How do we plan as a godly person? Now, I think we all have an understanding of planning as a man or as a woman. I think we're pretty good at Maybe some are better than others. But if we're going to be godly in our pursuit of a plan, then we must be intentional in our willingness to carry out the plan that God, God's going to give us. See, Um, God is all-knowing. And this could be kind of like a circle, and I don't want to confuse anybody with this, but, you know, God knows what I'm going to do before I do it. God knows the future. God knows what I'm going to speak before I speak it, but I still have the free will to speak what I speak. But, see, if if I ask God for a plan... And if I I say, Father, show me your will, but if he knows knows that I'm not intentional in following it, then why would he give it to me? So I need to have an intentional aspect of my willingness to follow God's plan as a way that he can give me his plan because he's not going to give me something that I'm not going to follow. It says, he purposely said, don't throw... Don't throw your pearls before the swine. Now, we can apply that many ways, but God, maybe the pearls are God's plan for us, and maybe we're the swine. If we're not willing to do what God's asking us to do, then why should God give it to us? So it's important that we don't think we can fool God in saying, God, show me your plan, then I'm going to decide if I like it or not. If I like it, I'll do it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> if, that, if, you, if you have any intention in your heart that way, God already knows it. Don't think you can buffalo him or fool him. So if the way we plan godly is that we must be intentional in our willingness to carry out the plan that God gives, no matter what it is. No matter what the plan is, we must be willing to carry it out. And then God says, I see your heart. And with that, then I'll give you your plan. And not only that, but I'll give you the desires of your heart. We'll get to that in a minute. See, we are so good at planning to a certain degree. What really saddens me so many times is I see people will spend a lot of time in going through an estate or a trust. And they'll plan and they'll plan and they'll plan. And they'll plan some more because they want to make sure that they have their retirement all set so that when they get to be 60 or 70 or 80 years old, they can relax and they can spend time at the beach. Nothing wrong with that. Spending time golfing, nothing wrong with that. Spending time doing what they want to do, nothing wrong with that. But do they plan any further than that? If you stop there, you've really missed the whole entire purpose of life. Because what happens when your life is over? If you haven't planned beyond our temporary life, then I can tell you that you haven't planned anything. The plan has been for naught. Because if the Bible says, if you, if you have the whole world and yet forfeit your soul, what does it gain a man, All right? So if I, I can plan to the nth degree about my financial future, but if I don't take it a step further, then I'm missing something. And then we need to look at how this works in the area of sowing and reaping. Because I reap what I sow. You reap what I sow what you sow, whether you like it or not, whether we like it or not, if a farmer plants corn, he's not going to get carrots. Even if he wants to, said, oh God, I planted corn, but you know what, would you change it? I really need carrots. You're going to get corn. And it's going to take time for that corn to develop. So there's a couple principles of sowing and reaping. Number one, you're going to reap what you sow. If it's peace, you're going to reap peace. If it's Joy, you're going to reap joy. If it's contentment, you're going to reap contentment. You can't plant havoc and expect joy or peace as a result. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to be, you have to speak and trust what you, what you want at the outcome, and you must plant that first. And if you plant that, then you will reap it. And then you have to look at the issue of time. Time is a part of it. We must recognize that it's going to take time for it to come to bear. Don't get impatient. If God doesn't come through right now, don't change your plan. Don't throw in a towel and say, God's not for me. God is for you. He's just waiting His time. His time is always perfect. So we need to understand those basic principles so that that we're not impatient or we don't make our own runaround of God's plan. God wants us to plan, but but he wants us to include him in our planning process. Proverbs twelve fifteen: The way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to advice. See, God sees planning in a little different picture than man does. He wants us to see it the same way he does. He sees it from the end to the beginning. We see it as we go forward from t- step one to step two but he sees it in a big picture and we need to understand how god sees it and we need to ask him god help us to understand planning the way you see planning we begin the process by trusting him i love this passage in scripture psalms 37 verse 3 it says trust in the lord and do good dwell in a land and enjoy safe pasture Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and he will do this. Trust in him. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication or your justice like the noonday sun. What I like about this is that this this is as much of a formula as I can come up with when it comes to understanding the heart of God. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in a land, meaning I'm going to take time. I'm going to allow his time to work the process in my life. I'm going to dwell there. I'm going to dwell in a land, and I'm going to enjoy safety while I'm there because I'm dwelling in his pasture. I'm dwelling in his service. I'm dwelling in his area of focus. And then I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. I am going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord, and then he will give me the desires of my heart. And this is the way I like to pray this. I had a conversation with Rip about this a week or two ago. And this is really cool. I can look at this two ways. The way I choose to look at it is I'm asking the Lord to give me his desires for my heart. And when I have his desires in my heart then it's easy for me to do the things that please Him because I have His desires. I'm not asking Him to give me my desires that may not follow His purpose, that may not follow His plan. I'm asking Him to say, no, Lord, make me like You. Give me Your desires so that when I do things, I'm... because let's recognize it, we do what we want to do. So isn't it wise to do the things that God wants us to do because I want to do what God wants to do? I'm not going to try to put God in a box here and say, God, you've promised me to give me my desires, and my desire is I want a pink Cadillac. I know that's a weird example. But, you know, we can come up with these all the time. We can come up with our plans and say, God, now bless my plan. Well, you're just putting yourself up for frustration. You're just putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be you're going to have hard times coming. Because as much as God loves you, he really doesn't want you to be destroyed by your planning process or my planning process. So truly, if I can look at this verse and say, you know what, God, if you would just give me your desires, give me your desires so that I can trust in the Lord and do good, so that I can dwell in the land in a joy-safe pasture, that I can delight myself in the Lord because I'm doing what I want to do and what I want to do lines up with your word. That's the way I want to plan. That's the way God sees planning in a whole different perspective than we do. So God wants to help us if we would only let him. He wants to help us, but we must want to let him. Now, I know that sometimes we are walking down the path and God seems to be slow. God ever seem to be slow to you? Be honest. Because he knows your heart. <laughs> yes, he does seem to be slow sometimes. There have been things that I've asked for and I say, God, I don't understand why you aren't answering this prayer the way I want you to answer it right now. Because it would make so many people happy and you could even get glory in it. And for some reason he says, no, I'm not going to answer that prayer right now that way. What do you do in those times? How do you handle that? Do you start asking yourself a lot of questions? Do you start going down and say, boy, did I miss something here? Did I miss God's leading? Did I miss, uh, did I mistake something? Did I do something wrong? Did I sin? Am I so far out of God's plan that I'll never be able to get back on track? I mean, there's, I'll tell you, the human mind will go crazy here if you allow it to. Just recognize that when God seems slow on the draw, he's not. (laughs) His timing is always perfect. His timing is always spot on. And we can just trust him in that. So relax. Continue to pray. Continue to intercede. And here's the deal about praying is that praying is not hard because praying is just talking to God. Talk to your friend. That's what it is. Just talking to your best friend. Just talking to your dad. Just keep talking to him. Just keep praying to him. Just keep asking him for wisdom, asking him for direction, asking him for provision, thanking him for all that he's done. Just keep talking to him. Just keep the relationship. Don't let what would appear to be slow distract you and take you away from the relationship from God. Psalm 37, 7, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently That may be hard. I, I get that. Ecclesiastes 7, 8, The end of a matter is better than its beginning. And patience, patience is better than pride. So many times our impatience is an issue or is a direct result of our pride. Because I want people to see that when I pray, something happens. Because I can pray it down. So when I pray, God better come through for me because I'm prideful. <laughs> now, is God going to do anything for a prideful person? He, he resists. He, he opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. I, I love it when God's word just spins it right around and just takes something and brings it right back and gives us the answer. The end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. Be patient, be humble, and let the Lord work in his timing. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm trusting, but God doesn't seem to be moving right now. Maybe he needs to humble me a little bit more. Maybe I need to step back a little bit more and say, you know, God, it's really not about me anyways. It's about you. And I know I'm just going to be patient here. It hurts. I, I might be in pain. I, I don't know what the situation may be for you, but I liken myself sometimes when I when I run ahead of God to the psalmist who wrote in Psalms chapter ninety four, verses eight through eleven. The psalmist says, "For you, evil people are foolish. When will you learn your lesson?" This is in the easy to read version, so it's easy to read. You, evil people, are foolish. When you will learn? When will you learn your lesson? You are so stupid. You must try to understand God made our ears so surely he can hear what is happening. He made our eyes so surely he can see you. The one who disciplines nations will surely correct you. He is the one who teaches us everything. The Lord knows what people are thinking. He knows that their thoughts are like a puff of wind. You see, God has a plan even when we think our plans are better. God has a plan and he doesn't give up on his plan even though we think our plan is better. God has a plan, and his plan is to bring us into his lining up with his plan if we would only do it. The psalmist goes on in the same chapter, 94. Then he says, Lord, great blessings, beginning at verse 12, Lord, great blessings belong to those you discipline, to those you teach from your law. You help them stay calm when trouble comes. You will help them until the wicked are put in their graves. The Lord will not leave his people. He will not leave them without help. <laughs> Amen. That's the Lord I'm serving. And I believe that's the Lord you're serving. The Lord is still on our side, even when we skip ahead of him sometime, even when we try to twist it up a little bit, even when we make messes out of our own life. He doesn't give up on us. He never will give up on us. His love will follow us to the ends of the earth and beyond if we will just allow him to. But there's a hard part called discipline that we must learn. And the discipline is what requires us sometimes to get back on track because maybe we've gone so far down this path of false teaching, if you will, of our own makeup, that God says, all right, I've got to get you on track, but now it's going to require some discipline. Discipline is not fun, but it's required. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8 have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly train yourself. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. We are to train ourselves to be godly. It doesn't come naturally. We have to train ourselves. And this is where it requires intentional effort. Intentionality in our purpose for living a godly life in the moments of our life require training and that we will train ourselves to be godly even when I don't understand some things. Man, that's so big because sometimes we get ourselves spun in a circle to say if I don't fully understand it, then I can't begin to go down that process. We just have to trust God's process. Trust Him. You can read a whole lot more. I'm not going to take the time to read it right now, but Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5-11 through 11, talks about discipline talks about godly discipline and god is serious about discipline can i just tell you that why is he because he loves us he loves us and he loves us enough to discipline us a heavenly father loves us more than an earthly father and a good earthly father disciplines his children the discipline of god is to get us back on track and it takes an intentional purpose an intentional person Willing to listen and then be corrected by God. And as we are doing that, we are being disciplined by a loving Father. And He does so so that we then can follow His plan. And when I can follow God's plan, I can pretty much tell you that I'm going to win. I know, I assure you that I'm winning when I'm following God's plan. Amen? And so are you. Here's a little indicator maybe that if you want to know sometimes if you are really... Um, purposely following the plan of God. One thing that shows up in my life, that's evident it's kind of a litmus test for me. When I know something is really difficult, it's probably the thing I should be doing. When God's word says something, it says pray without ceasing. All right, And he and talks about reading God's word, he talks about praying. Those are some pretty direct mandates from God's word. Now, I know that when my spirit, my flesh man rises up inside me and I say, no, that's too hard for me to do, I can pretty much tell you that's the thing I need to be doing. When we have prayer corporately together and you just don't feel like coming because you're comfortable, I can pretty much tell you the right thing to do is get up, get uncomfortable, and come to pray. When you're in the morning and you're waking up and you're going to have a plan to get up in the morning and read the Bible and pray a little bit and the alarm clock goes off, you set it half an hour early and that alarm goes off and you're tired and you think, oh, I just need a half an hour more sleep because you want to. Can I tell you what you need to do is get up, get in the Word and pray. I don't care how hard the flesh is against it. In fact, the harder the flesh comes against you, the more you need to resist it. The more you need to take control, that's training yourself to be godly. Don't give in to your desires to be lazy. I'm talking to Mike. Don't get into your desires to be lazy. Get into your desires and get out of your desires and get into God's desires to be holy. And then train yourself. Train myself. I need to do this, willingness to share Christ, willingness to look for those opportunities. I love it when people say that they wake up in the morning and, and ask God to give them a person that they have to talk to that day. That's intentional. It's intentionally going after God's plan. So this morning, as we conclude this message at the beginning of 2017, I pray that this church, this body of believers, would begin to see our destiny and our purpose to be fulfilled in the moments that we live as we are purposely keeping our eyes focused on Christ and that we are training ourselves, we're taking the responsibility to do the things that God would have us to do, even when it's hard, and even when I don't feel like it, even when I've got to put myself out of my own comfort zone to do something, when I know God mandates it, can I just encourage us all that if you do it, you're accomplishing His plan and not your own, and His plan will succeed. His plans will succeed, I will promise you that. God will never fall short in his plans. Jackie, would you come? Proverbs twenty nine eighteen: Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. He that understands God's plan is a happy person. You may not agree with it, you may not fully understand it, but your intention is to follow the plan of God. This isn't always seen with our physical eyes because our eyes physically don't see what's happening in the spirit world. But there is so much going on out there that we, that we just have to trust the Lord to give us the spiritual insights into the things that are happening. And we, we do this by keeping our focus on righteousness and holiness, protecting the relationship that we have with the Lord. So the most important thing that we can do this morning is to keep our life centered on Christ. We can keep our life centered on Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to put Christ at the center point of your life? It means that everything else has to take a back seat. It means you have to look at Him as the most important thing. And if you're struggling in that area, He will help you if you ask Him. If you say, Lord, I, I really want to keep you at the center point, but I'm struggling with this habit, I'm struggling with this bondage, We need to submit ourselves then unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves first then unto God. Resist him and the devil will flee. He must flee, but I must do my job first by submitting. And I must do my job first by submitting to Christ and asking him. And he will come in. He wants to come in. It's his desire is to come in and fill us with his purpose. So as we look at 2017... Are you happy with what happened in 2016 and your progress spiritually? I'm not saying are you happy with the outcome because maybe some bad things happened. But did, it, but did it lead you closer to Jesus? And then as we look forward, how can we improve on our relationship with Christ? So this morning, I would just ask you to do some soul searching and just ask the Lord to be all he wants to be. Give him the authority in your life. Let him help you with the planning process. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we really do need you. Father, help us. Give us the desires of our heart this morning to follow close after you. Give us the desire in our heart to want the things that you want. Help us, Jesus in those areas that we're weak, would you strengthen us? Would you make us stronger in those areas? As we submit them to you, we trust you. We know how much you love us. We know how much you're for us. Father, now I just challenge all of us today that we would intentionally, purposefully choose to follow you in the moments of our day. That we will not waste the time. That we will see the stewardship responsibility that we have for the days and the moments and the hours and the minutes that you've given us. That every one of those will be accountable. Every one of those means something. Help us to take advantage of those opportunities. Lord, I pray your conviction on us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict us where we need to be convicted that you would discipline us where we need to be disciplined we open up ourselves to your holiness we open up ourselves to your loving discipline in our lives and we ask it in Jesus name amen amen would you stand with me and let's just take a moment and let's sing this song that the the, the, team is playing and let's just let's just take this as a consecration of where we're going to take this time as we move into 2017 we're thanking the lord for his goodness and we're going to trust him alone in jesus name Father, that's our prayer this morning that we would be drawn to you that we will come running to you as you draw us because that's your faithfulness is exactly what you would do exactly what you do we thank you for it in Jesus name now go with us throughout this day help us to chase you tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that we trust you we commit our life to you in Jesus name Amen